Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Time to speak to our resident vet on the programme as we usually do on a Thursday afternoon. We welcome Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Hi there. And thanks for joining us. And a lot of questions in uh, this afternoon, so we'll get straight into them. First of all, uh, this is one that has come in from another Jane. Uh, Jane is in Mallow and she wants to know, is there any vaccine uh, that you can get against cat flu? And if there is, what age can it be given? Okay, so cat flu really comprises a number of different things, some viruses and bacteria, and they all live under the umbrella of cat flu. It's like ourselves and flus and colds. There's lots of different things that can cause the flus and colds, um, but we all kind of talk about them as colds and flus. So what I would say is, yes, there is definitely a vaccination that you can give that targets some of the, the viruses in particular that can contribute to cat flu. And with cats, we normally see cat flu as, let's say, snorting and sniffling, potentially some discharge from the nose, and actually cats really commonly discharge and gunk around the eyes. Sometimes it can be bad enough that it really makes them struggle to breathe because cats are really pre-programmed in their own minds to be what we call obligate nasal breeders. So they're really pre-programmed to just breathe through their nose and not open their mouth unless they absolutely have to. So you can imagine having a big stuffy nose, how uncomfortable that must be. So uh, any methods that we can take to to prevent cat flu are definitely a, a good thing. Now, most of those components will be involved in the normal cat vaccination that we would give annually. Um, and that can be given depending on the, the brand of vaccination, some of them from about 8 to 10 weeks of age onwards. So have a chat to your local vet about which cat vaccination they use and which protocol they use. But generally, you could start quite young. Um, it just depends on the, the brand of vaccination that you use. And it's really important as well to keep up to date with your vaccination. So it's not just good enough to kind of vaccinate them when they're, when they're a kitten. And normally it's, a, of course, two vaccinations, three weeks apart that they need to start them off. It's really important to keep up with it every year um, because components of the vaccination that we use, some of the immunity that we've built up with the vaccination against those diseases does begin to kind of wane off over time so the body kind of forgets what it should be doing or what it has been taught by the vaccination. So keeping up to date with that every year is really, really important. The one thing I would say, though, is if you have got a kitten, a really good idea is to vaccinate them as soon as they can be vaccinated rather than waiting until later. Now, it's better late than never. What I would say is if a young cat were to get some of these nastier viruses early in life, for example, herpes virus or caliche virus, which can cause them to cat flu symptoms as well as nasty kind of sores in the mouth um, and problems with the eyes. If they've had those viruses before they get vaccinated, they may well lie dormant in the system. So the virus can go into the body, hide out until a period of stress happens. 
then they can ramp up um, their effects on the body over time. So unfortunately, if they've had access to these viruses before they were vaccinated, uh, it's still worth doing the vaccination because there will be things that they haven't been exposed to that we can keep them safe from. But um, the earlier, the better, because they have the best chance of preventing disease um, at a young age, if you can. Okay, so a lot for Jane in Mallow to consider there. Uh, And Clodagh has a question regarding a a 10-year-old collie, an Alsatian mixed dog. Now, it's her parents' dog, and he's an indoor dog that has never been left alone or in a kennel. Now, he has never been trained on a lead and is very overprotective of the family. But they're looking and going on a staycation. But they're terrified that the dog might not survive if they leave him uh, in a kennel. Now, is there any way of getting him used to kennels? Or would it be too much stress? Uh, Because the last thing they want to do was bring stress on him by leaving him alone in a kennel and because of his age they're worried uh, that too much stress could be the wrong thing for him so what would you advise uh, Clola's parents in this situation? Yeah this is a little bit of a difficult one particularly if they're quite protective and and the dog is maybe a little bit kind of showing early aggressive behaviours as a form of protection it does make it a little bit challenging particularly if he's not been trained to let's say you know accept a lead in a collar it might actually be quite a, a stressful thing for that little dog to be in a new environment again, particularly if they're not, let's say, the most relaxed of dogs. But it also might be quite challenging for our kennels to, to manage that dog safely as well. If we are quite a protective little dog, you can imagine a protective little dog outside of his own environment and adding into that the fact that they're not used to being, let's say, having a collar and lead on and not walking on a lead imagine with a stranger dealing with that although they will be experienced professionals in good kennels you can imagine that that's quite a lot of stress for the animal but it's also potentially not the safest thing for the kennels i think the best thing to do is ask your local vet um or local kind of animal professionals you know what kennels are in the area and i suppose seek out kind of information on their reputation and qualifications Um, And it's always a good idea to go and view a kennel before you commit to having your dog there, if that's possible. Although with COVID, that may be a little bit difficult at the moment. So potentially a good phone call to any kennels you might be considering. And the one thing I would say is, without knowing a bit more about your situation, it's very difficult to say cut and dry, whether it's a good or a bad idea. The best thing would be to really try in advance of the holiday to get some good socialisation with your animal in. So training them to the collar and the lead meeting other people in a controlled environment you're just taking things nice and slow because the more used to they are of being on a collar and lead the more handleable they'll be in a kenneling environment but also it minimizes their stress the less new experiences you can give them on top of an already new experience of going to the kennels the better it will be but the one thing i would say is any kennels that you're considering using I would ring them in advance of it and be totally transparent about the situation with them because it's no use of being a surprise for them if they're worried that your dog is really stressed and doesn't want to go on the lead, etc. It's really forearmed, forewarned as forearmed in this situation. It's really best that everybody's aware of the situation. If that dog is going to be a little bit stressed, not so used to lots of other people, maybe quite protective and a bit of a challenge on the lead. So i say it's not an absolute no, um, but it isn't a bad idea. I think it really depends on your situation and knowing a little bit more about the dog, but also how comfortable the kennels you would be taking to him are with dealing with stress and kind of taking measures to allay their stress. 
minimizing the noise, minimizing visualization of other dogs as well. Just anything they can do to reduce the stress level for your dog would be a great idea. Okay, I hope that helps Clara there and her parents. And let's go to Ken in Glantan. Ken has a spaniel dog. Now he wants to clip his claws himself as he does not want to be mixing with people at the vets. Is it a simple procedure? And do you need to buy a special clippers also? What is the best way uh, to clean uh, his uh, spaniel dog's ears as well for Ken in Glantan? Okay, so with the nail clipping first, I totally empathise with not wanting to mix with other people at the vet. However, it can be a little bit of a challenge um, if you haven't seen it done. So doing it, let's say, without ever having seen your vet clip the nails is maybe a little bit of a challenge. Um, It is a relatively simple procedure, but there's a big but in that. It's kind of like clipping our own nails. If you imagine if you're cutting your own nails, you're cutting that soft little white part at the top where there's no feeling in it. If you think back, if you've, I, I, I don't know if anybody's ever caught their hand in the door or caught their fingers in a door, you can imagine how painful it is underneath the nail if your nail is involved in, in getting a, a bop against an object. The really big risk with clipping nails, if you're not used to doing it, is that you might accidentally snip a little bit too much off and then you're snipping into that really sensitive tissue on the base of the nail. And with humans, that's very easy to beat. With dogs, it's really not. And the added difficulty we have sometimes is a lot of dogs' nails are pigmented so they're not kind of a nice white colour where we can see where the, the little vessel or the sensitive bit of the nail is inside it. A lot of the time they're pigmented, so they're black or brown, which means that you're you're pretty much going in blind and that's where experience comes in. Um, so in that situation, having a, an experienced better nurse clipping the nails, it can really be helpful because what we encounter sometimes is some people are very good and very used to clipping nails at home for their own dog, but generally they will have started off by watching their own vet clip nails um, and learning how it works and all the all the care that we take. Um, but a lot of the time I would get dogs coming into me that are really scared of having their ears clipped and that's usually because they may have had a bad experience before. Now, some dogs can be just a little bit stressed in that environment and we take lots of measures in the clinic to try and make it as stress-free as possible. Um, however, at home, if you were to accidentally, let's say, clip the sensitive little bit of the nail and cause a lot of pain and potentially quite a bit of bleeding, then that's a really bad experience for them that they'll kind of store in their memory bank. And then whenever anybody ever goes near their toes again, they'll remember, oh, this hurt the last time, so I'm going to be really, really awkward so they can't clip my nails because they're just trying to keep themselves safe. I think if you're if you're if you want to try it and it's not something you've seen your vet do before, so you're not kind of experienced in how how they hold the nails to keep them safe and, and what to, what where they would cut to to make sure that there's the least chance of causing any problems. There are videos online, but I'll be totally honest with you, they are of varying quality. I've seen good and bad techniques on there. Um, the best thing to do is to ring your vet the situation with them there may be some way that they can um, limit your contact with other people because obviously we need, all need to keep ourselves safe in COVID I know in our clinic at the moment we're um, we're not having members of the public inside the building because we just feel that the risk to, to, to them is, is, is high enough and it's a small space um, so at the moment we're discussing things with them either over the phone or outside um, and then taking the pet through, normally they're really, really quite comfortable with coming with us because there's usually lots of treats inside the clinic and they usually remember that. Um, and to have their nails clipped by us, and normally it will be a vet and a nurse team clipping the nails. So that might be a solution, but have a chat with your local vet as to if there's any way that they can get around the situation without you having to mix with lots of other people given the COVID risk. And also just for some advice, they may well also sell nail clippers. 
again, there's good and bad on the market, so ask your vet for their recommendation. They may well have some in stock if that's something you want to do. Um, but just be aware it's not a, a, a super simple not a, procedure. A, a totally easy procedure, yeah. And, uh, and on the years, then, in about 20 seconds, because we're running over on yeah. time. Very, very similar. There's good and bad videos out there. I definitely would say that if you haven't done it before, it's something best left to your vet. It is something that can be learned, but generally under veterinary instruction. Okay, Jim, well, thank you for that. And I know if more questions coming in, we'll get to those on the show next week. But thanks for joining us this afternoon, Jane, on the show. Thank you. Take care. That is Jane Pickett there of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. And that's Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.